Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. This week's episode is with USA Triathlon's Grand Master Athlete of the Year, Donna Smyers. Yes, that last name may sound familiar. She first got into triathlon back in the 80s thanks to sister Karen. But Donna has paved her own way as a six-time age groupreneur at Kona, two-time age groupreneur at ITU Worlds, a National Hall of Fame inductee, and now a second Athlete of the Year title. What is the secret and how has the sport changed? Donna shares some insights with us how she manages to keep it fun, love the lifestyle, and do some kind of race every year. It's a short, fun episode this week. We hope you enjoy the chat after this break. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access not just to exclusive triathlete content, but also content across all our network brands like Outside Magazine, Backpacker, Velo News, and Trail Runner. With an Outside Plus membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, a $50 gear credit to the outside shop, which includes our library of training books, resources like our custom 70.3 training course and clean eating meal plans, dozens of training plans through today's plan software, a free event with Outside Events Cycling Series, and a discount on any races on Tri-Reg or Athlete Reg. And you get access to Gaia GPS and Trail Forks to help you find great routes and an annual Finisher Picks photo package to memorialize your race afterwards. Plus, now all of our members get access to our first ever Team Triathlete, a community of triathletes that includes Q&As with experts, training plans, in-person meetups, and team swag and giveaways. We'll be with you on your triathlon journey from start to finish. Join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus, that's outside P-L-U-S, one word, Become an Outside Plus member today. All right, this week on the podcast, we have Donna Smyers, USAT Hall of Fame inductee, Grandmasters, age group triathlete of the year, six-time age group winner at Kona, two-time age group winner at, your, at, I guess we're calling it World Triathlon Worlds now. Right. Basically won, won all of the things. And of course, you know, sister to the other Hall of Fame inductee, Karen Smyers. What are you best known for out of all of those things? Uh, probably for the Hawaii, um, <laughs> for for winning my age group a lot there. Um, that would be the most. But actually, I'm best known as Karen Smyer's sister. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, <laughs> or she's and now Gra- known sometimes as my sister, which has switched around. <laughs> and Grand Masters Triathlon of the Year, there is. What is the age group for that? Is it 60 plus? That's 55 to 64. So there's actually um, one person above me uh, okay. also. So, uh, yeah, so it's un- the men and the women are a little different. Uh, I think the men uh, grandmasters are 50 to 50. Wait a minute. 40. They're, they're five years older than us, I think. I think their masters is 40 to 54. Maybe we're 50 to 64. Yeah. I think we're 50 (laughs) to 64. I don't even know. Um, I think, I think (laughs) women and men are just a little different in grandmasters. But you know how old you are and you know which age you compete. I now, (laughs) I I now count as of now, I count as 65. There you go. (laughs) But last year it was 64. So you started competing in triathlon in 1985, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's it? I mean, at that point, it was barely even a sport, right? How does one even 
find out that it's a sport when it's not I, even racing I, yet? I started doing it because my two brothers and my sister had all done them in Connecticut and Massachusetts. Yeah. And so, and they were all really good swimmers. Um, my brother, the younger one, Rick, um, he, he got out of the water first. He was like a 16 year old high school swimmer at the triathlon they were all in. And I thought, Oh, they're all doing them. And there's one in Burlington. I know how to swim, bike and run. So I'll do it. And so I just how did big were triathlons then. Yeah. You know, I think there were a few hundred people in it. Um, you know, there was no wetsuits and it was the weekend after Labor Day up here, which the water was 56 degrees and they shortened the swim from a half mile to a third of a mile. And nobody had, you know, heard of wetsuits in triathlon back then. Um, but I think there were a few hundred people. It was still popular, but it was like the only one in Vermont then. I, and, you know, so I did it because it was there. Huh. And I did it, that, it, was, it. It was my first three triathlons. <laughs> was the Burlington <laughs> triathlon? Well, I was going to say if it was the only one in Vermont, how does one kind of keep up a triathlon schedule from there? Right. Yeah, that was that was my only one really in it. the eighties, and then um, and then in ninety one, I moved back to Connecticut with my parents for a little while. And the first weekend I moved there, Karen said. Oh, I've got dad and Laura. Laura's my youngest sister signed up for a sprint triathlon that weekend that my sponsor's putting on. And do you want to do it too? And I said, sure. I'm swimming and biking and running because I always do that stuff anyway. And, right. uh, and, and I did it and I said, wow, that was really fun. And she said, well, if you like that one, you'll love the one next weekend. It was a Dan Skin Women's sprint. And so that was so that summer I was unemployed looking for work and doing triathlons in Connecticut, Massachusetts. So uh, that was when I really got into it. it was 91. Up until then, it was a couple of biathlons and three Burlington triathlons. 91 was still pretty early, though, for in the in the scheme of yeah. the sport. It, yeah. it was still early. Um, there, there were some people that was the year one of my friends actually did her 10th Ironman and stopped though. So <laughs> she retired from mm -hmm. Ironman in 91 after having been 10. <laughs> and so some people had been at it for a while. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. She had to have been one of the first people then you would think, right? Yeah. She did like the, the yeah, some of the really early ones in the eighties. She, she was a college mm -hmm. swimmer. She's about my age. And, uh, and, and actually so you always kind of, yeah, no, go ahead. I, well, at that point, I m met uh, the person I, I lived at her house while I was going to PT school, and she had done uh, Kona in 86. So um, I started meeting a lot of people who'd been in triathlon for a while. But my sister and brothers, they started in 83, 84. And they so, kept at it. Okay. Yeah, so Karen's still doing them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I mean, you kind of uh, swam some growing up. You biked. You ran. You did all these things. So triathlon made sense. Why? I mean, what was it though about triathlon that kind of you could still bike and run and swim without doing triathlon? Right. I, I mean, right. I never thought I was a competitor. I <laughs> I did not race anything growing up. I just okay. um, I did gymnastics 
in in high school and college. And, um, you know, there really weren't endurance sports for women um, back then. Uh, you know, like women weren't even allowed to run Boston, you know, until the 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, and they it, they weren't allowed on our track or cross country team in high school because Title mm-hmm. IX just took effect my senior year, even though it was past my sophomore year. <laughs> um, but so I didn't know that I could run and bike and swim competitively at all until um, I just started doing it. And I was like, wow, I'm good at this. So, you know, it was basically, I'm not a great runner. I'm not a, I never swam in college. So I'm nowhere near as good as the people who swam in college at swimming, but I swam in summer swim team. And biking was just something I'd always loved to do. I biked across the country in 1981, you know, with a giant panniers and stuff. Um, And so it just, it just happened that I I found out that the longer the event, the better I did. Okay. (laughs) Which is opposite to gymnastics. Opposite to gymnastics. How long is gymnastics? They're like four minutes or something, right? Uh, The very longest event is a minute and a half. And so, okay. you know, salt takes what th- five seconds. Right. <laughs> okay. So you found that you were better at this long, like let's bike across the country and you did, a, and you did your, the first, your first Ironman in Kona, right? In 93. Yeah. So that was still early in Kona. I mean, I guess you're saying like, I guess it was 10 years in, but still. 15. <laughs> 15. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Um, so obviously you kept doing triathlon. How different was that, you know, Kona back then? How different was, you know, the triathlons you were doing in the early nineties? Um, well, there, I would say they were much lower key and less about the money. Um, mm-hmm. And there wasn't quite so much hoopla. There was manual timing. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that you'd have to sh- shout your number and there'd be people standing there getting all the bibs and the numbers as much as they could at transitions. Um, and there was, we were much better with, uh, I guess there's still beer, but it was like, everything was a, a lot more relaxed. Um, I, you know, I could bring my dog to the events and nobody would be upset that I tied the dog out while I was competing, <laughs> you know, they'd come up and pat it. Everything is a lot more controlled and liability uh, limited now, I would say. Um, but it was, it was very popular. It just was a different kind of popularity. It, they were, I think people were a little more serious. It wasn't one and done. It was a lifestyle. The lifestyle, right. <laughs> I mean, it also sounds obviously like all of your, your whole family is as part of their lifestyle too, it seems like. Well, and most of them didn't stick that much with triathlon. My brother, Rick, still, he's 12 years Mm -hmm. younger than me. He still does them and Karen and I do, but they, they all do something. My youngest sister who was in that triathlon that I did in 91, she competes at Ninja Warrior events. (laughs) Really? Okay. In in her late forties, <laughs> hmm. and uh, and you know everybody does something, um, pretty much. You know whether it's pickleball and tennis versus running um, or skiing. And you, uh, 
obviously you realized you were you were kind of good at these. You're pretty good at these. And you went on to win your age group over and over and over. Was there a point where you were like, hey, I'm going to get serious about this and get on a training plan and, and you know start really focusing? Or was it just kind of you just kept doing you know what you wanted to do? Right. I've, I've never had a coach or an actual training plan. I just, I try to squeeze in what I can squeeze in. And basically I sign up for races to motivate myself to get out the door because I love to train, but I won't get out the door if I don't have an excuse that I have to do. So I, um, I, I sign up for races and then it's like, wow, I got to do this, this, and this, you know, I just know kind of the basic volume I have to do. I don't do any structured speed workouts or hill workouts, but I do a lot of, um, you know, local, I love to do stuff with my running club and our bike club has time trials. So I just, if you do a weekly time trial with the bike club and you do five K's or 10Ks that your running club puts on, um, there's really not a lot of room for speed work other than that without getting hurt. <laughs> right. Okay. So that is your speed work, basically. Right. It's just sort of okay. social social speed. So when you say that you don't really follow a training plan, but you kind of just like do what you feel like you need to do when you sign up for a race, what does that look like? Like how much, like what are you doing in a regular week? Yeah. Um, well, it, it varies a lot based on the year, but what I've uh, kind of always look at is what's the longest event that I've really got to aim for. And then right. I look at the volume I kind of think I need for that. And it's based mostly on experience. Like back when I did the 93 Ironman, there were about six of us that I knew doing our first Ironman then, including my sister Karen and her husband, Michael, that we were all doing our first Ironman and several of her team psycho uh, buddies were doing their first one then. And so you kind of just talk, well, how much do you need to do? And everybody said, oh, you got to do your hundred mile bike rides every weekend and you got to do your 20 mile runs. And, you know, so you probably should do about 200 miles a week on the bike and you should do like 40 miles a week running and you should swim 10,000 yards a week for this. And of course now I don't go anywhere near that much, <laughs> but at the time I could, cause I was in my thirties and, right. um, and, but then I would just look at, okay, if I have to do that for a few weeks before the Ironman happens, um, then I've, got to be doing about 80% of that a couple weeks back from that and about 60% of that. And so I just sort of look at average weekly mileage and sort of trying to ramp up the long run and bike. Um, And I, the swimming, I just try to get it in because I don't really focus on the swimming very well. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't seem to matter. (laughs) It doesn't seem to matter, right? (laughs) It's like, when you, uh, if the, you guys were all doing your first one back in 93 and you're kind of like asking each other, like, Hey, what are you doing? How are you, what <laughs> did you get wrong? Like, what were you like? Ooh, I should have, I need to fix that now. Yeah. You know, I think I've always been pretty lucky at the training, basically working without me getting hurt. Um, okay. the, the biggest thing that I, back then, I think I I probably was a little overtrained, but it was okay because I was young enough. 
But then when I tried to say, oh, well, they say don't change anything if it's working, change it if it's not working. I tried to keep doing that 20 years later, and it did not work 20 years later. I, I kept thinking I needed that same volume and those same long distance. And in 2016, I did uh, Louisville Ironman, and um, I was really basically hurt by the time I got there. And I thought I'd never do another Ironman, but I did Lake Placid last year. And my whole goal was to not do that. And granted, I was almost two hours slower than when I'd done it 10 years earlier. But I still won my age group and wasn't hurt and and was right. able to continue to do a couple of events after that during the year. So, um so it, it, what I've really modified is thinking that, oh, you have to do such and such. You, you really don't, but you don't want to ramp up too fast or you'll get hurt. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So you have, so you have toned it down a little over the 30 years in terms of volume and intensity. Absolutely. It just, especially long runs and yeah, long runs and total volume that the amount of running my body will tolerate now is way less. Hmm. Yeah. Seems like it's still working out for you, though. Seems like it's still going okay. <laughs> no, you slow down, but you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thing about never taking a long break from competing. is like if you take five years off and then you come back, you think, oh, my God, I can't race up too darn slow. But if you do it every year and you keep comparing yourself to uh, everybody else, so you're not slowing down more than anybody else, but five years, <laughs> the drop in five years is enormous. Okay. But if you just keep going, it's sort of like boiling the frog, you know, you, <laughs> you just let it happen. I think, I think you're the frog in this analogy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you put him in the hot water. He doesn't jump right. out if you heat it up slowly. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So you're kind of like, coasting so you've never really taken like a huge break you just kind of like keep at it keep plugging away right i mean i've done races yeah. every year uh, okay. some years have been way less than others i've been kind of lucky that my biggest injuries have usually been over the winter yeah. <laughs> so by summer i can kind of limp through the season even if i'm just coming back from a major injury because um, you did, I mean, you were telling me, and we talked about it, you did rupture your quad tendon at one yeah. point and have to come back from that. I mean, not that long ago, right? Four or five years ago. And yeah, that's a ten, pretty... Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago, sorry. That's a pretty crazy injury. And it's a rare yeah. one. It's not like people do that. Right. Um, yeah, it was, it was six weeks in a straight knee brace after surgery. And then starting out with, uh, you know, once I could walk, because I could unlock the brace. I started walking and took, once I could walk, then I could increase it to doing my six week return to run program that I give all of my PT patients. <laughs> and, uh, but come six months, I was able to compete. Huh. And so it did take six months, but I, I think I did my first triathlon almost exactly six months after the injury. And you were saying that you actually even kind of like looking back saw like the atrophying that led to your tendon rupture because yeah. it just happened randomly, right? Like you fell. Right. On I just, skin. I stumbled. I, I rolled the other ankle and mm. 
was kind of lying on the ground testing that ankle and got up and my the leg that had the quad ruptured buckled and I had no mm-hmm. idea what had happened. But um, looking back, I had had some soreness in that knee and, but it had been pretty mild it, and not really limiting. So, but once I know, like now I know if you get pain in the wrong place when you're stretching, that's not good. You're stretching injured tissue. And, you know, so I, like when I do a quad stretch, I think that's kind of weird. It hurts right near my kneecap. <laughs> and now I know that, no, if you don't feel it in your quad, you feel it in your kneecap, it probably means you've got a tendonitis there. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I've, I've incorporated some of what I learned there. And, and I do point out in clients a lot of times, like, see how atrophied that is? Because people don't even realize it's so easy to just kind of limp through an injury thinking you're doing okay and it's getting worse and worse. You just don't even know it because you're favoring it and, and your body just shuts that muscle down. Um, It was more, it turned out you're saying, go ahead. Well, you're just saying that uh, that your quad tendon rupture it turned out to also be genetic. Like your dad had the same because I've never heard of someone doing this before. <laughs> well, I've heard of it since then several times more from trauma, like just really slipping and mm-hmm. rupturing. I've treated a couple of them now, but it the genetic thing it's it appears to be like a just not healing it well. You put like instead of putting healthy tendon tissue there, you put little calcific deposits like you've probably heard of calcific tendonitis people get in their shoulder or in their achilles or it's just like for some reason some bodies seem to think oh i'll strengthen this by putting some bone in that tendon instead of putting tendon in that tendon and uh calcium is not it's it's brittle and so you don't want that in your tendon and so apparently it's it's something because that my father did both, and then I would have done both if I hadn't taken care of my other one, um, says that I definitely probably had a genetic tendency. Hmm. Crazy. And so that's the worst injury. Like, cause you, it sounds like you've managed to be relatively uninjured other than that and come back from that. Well, I consider myself kind of biomechanically <laughs> challenged. I'm, you know, okay. I, uh, I, the thing that took me out probably even longer was osteitis pubis. That's um, I had that in 2006 to seven, and that's an inflammation of the pubic symphysis joint, you know, joint between the two halves of your pelvis right in the front. And huh. the ligaments were strained and the bone was inflamed. And I actually didn't run for six months at all on that from like September to March. It took me to be able, and I couldn't, um, while I was letting that heal, um, I I couldn't even go for a walk either. I, I was rowing oh, really? and swimming. I couldn't even bike or hike. Um, huh. So that, that was 2006 to seven, and then, then the quad rupture. So those were my two, like, do nothing for three to six months kinds of injuries. And I try to be smarter than that. I'm I'm actually rehabbing it. (laughs) I'm rehabbing an injury now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing two minute run, two minute walks to rerun. I I pulled a calf muscle about six weeks ago. So I, 
and being careful to let it recover before the season. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I was going to say, since you're a PT, right? And as we've been doing for a long, long time, you would say like, I always wonder if PTs make the same mistakes we all do, or if they're smarter, get injured less. We, we do make the same mistakes, but we're usually a little quicker at taking care of them. Um, Because we're still just people. And, and, you know, we know to stretch and strengthen. Do we have time to stretch and strengthen? Probably not. Do we know that, gee, if I get a massage every month, I do better. Do, Do you get a massage? I mean, you have to prioritize those things. Right. And I, I, when somebody comes in and says, well, I, I've done my exercise all the time, but I, I missed, I missed two days. I think, holy cow, you're doing great. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I get to my program once or twice a week, I'm happy. I actually always wondered, like with PT then, if they are giving you like they tell you, you know, do it three or four times, knowing that you're not really going to do it. Cause then one time I actually did it all and I definitely overdid it. <laughs> so then I was like, did you think I was only going to do half of this? So, <laughs> right. I think that's how it works. Yeah. And you've been a PT for a long time too, right? You treat a lot of athletes. Have you seen kind of different injuries over the years? I feel like right now it's a lot of work from home injuries, right? Um, well, I I see a pretty big variety, although I'm not working as much as usual, so I don't see that many different things. I'm sort of tapering um, at my age, (laughs) and but um, I did when I had to do the Zoom uh, treatments over the shutdown. It was all work from home injuries. It was like low back pain, neck pain. It was all poor ergonomics. Um, and nobody was competing, uh, there, you know, so that people mostly weren't going out and saying, I'm going to walk all day because I can, um, you know, or run all day because I can. Uh, but now it's, it's, it's a pretty big variety. I treat people from the age of high school up to 80 and they they'll come in and say, Oh, I'm not really an athlete, but I make sure I get in 10,000 steps a day and I swim, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you're an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Has that, uh, has that like changed? Well, I'm just wondering if that's like changed at all over the years. Have you seen people be like more active, less active? I would say things are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. I think, more people who have the athletic injuries seek me out. When I first started, mm. I was in the hospital outpatient setting. So we got a lot more just, um, you know, you might see workers comp, you might see motor vehicle accident, you might see somebody who's just, their doctor told them to get PT. Whereas the people who see me are the ones I, I take, I don't do insurance. So they're people who, are going to do whatever I tell them when they come in because they don't <laughs> want to have to come back and pay. And right. um, so they're all very highly motivated, but it tends to be a lot of the same stuff, whether it's athletes or non-athletes, you'll get shoulder impingement, you'll get back pain, you'll get hip butt problems or hamstring problems or knee problems. It's um, and, and I'm not all really athletes. They're just active people who want to be active mostly right i mean that sounds kind of like your whole 
thing, right? Just being <laughs> active all the right. time. <laughs> right. Just do okay. it. Okay. And you're in Vermont and we were kind of talking a little bit about the triathlon scene in Vermont. I mean, obviously you've been triathloning there for decades. Right. And, and so you did your first one ever. So has it, I mean, is it that big? Is it, it's not known as a triathlon hotspot, but there's got to be a good number of you. Right. There's, there's not a huge number of races here. The best, the Vermont Sun um, series in Middlebury or Salisbury is great because it's been there longer than I've mm -hmm. been here. Um, and there's been a few others that have kind of come and gone. So most of us that do a lot of triathlons travel. Um, you oh, know, wow. there's a lot in New Hampshire, there's a lot in Massachusetts and you know, they're not that far. Like California is big. If you're traveling out of state for a triathlon, <laughs> you're going far. Right. I, I can go an hour and a quarter and do one in New Hampshire, you know, Lake Placid is two, two and a half hours away. Um, but the big thing is we don't have those huge triathlon training groups, but I put oh, on a little triathlon series um, that's like a Thursday night series. And it's a, a you know, super sprint kind of thing, a, a quarter mile swim, 10 mile bike and two and a half mile run. And um, it gets people who probably will never pay for a bigger triathlon. <laughs> it's, it's 20 bucks for three races plus your, their USAT insurance charge. Right. But, um, and so to pay $20 to be able to do three triathlons, they can, they're triathletes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Once you do a triathlon, right? You're right, a triathlete. Right. <laughs> and so, um, so that's, you know, a, a resource they might not otherwise have. Um, okay. And I, I, I just realized I'm on my, like, I think I'm on my 15th or yeah, I think I'm on my 15th year of putting them on. There's three of them in June and July. Oh, wow. All right. And so that's kind of fun. But our club uses that money to try to sponsor some youth programs. Mm -hmm. um, but there's... Okay. there's so you guys have like a, a club and you have people. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's, a, there's one couple that had, they did, I think they did the Ironman in Sun, like uh, New Hampshire had an Ironman distance, like Sunapee in 91 and they both did that before i did it iron man and i trained with them a lot um and uh yeah there's 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 quite a few and there's some good ones like we've had some good female pros um i don't know if you ever heard of kim leffler or uh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah she's she's from burlington she was in our club and uh there's uh abe rogers used to be a pro he's in burlington um, and Deb Light a long time ago was a pro and she's in the Burlington area. Um, so we've had, we've had some good triathletes from our area. They just, okay. uh, they just gotta be hardy for like the Vermont winter. Yeah. Well, you know, the first few years I was, I don't even bike inside usually this year I'm doing really? a little cause of my calf pull. Um, so, cause I couldn't run. So I did more and I couldn't ski. Um, but mostly, like, I wouldn't even swim much or bike much in the winter because if you do cross-country skiing, you're getting all the upper body workout and right. and cardio workout so that if you do transition to the other stuff in April, you're fine because none of our triathlons are until June because it's, you know, 
ponds are frozen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So you like to mix it up, which is like, it's kind of funny because that's like getting, I feel like that used to be the standard, right? Probably when you started. And then everyone was very focused, like triathlon all year. Now I feel like it's getting to be trendy again. You do some cross country skiing, you do some fat bike, like fat right. tire biking, you mix it right. all up. Yeah. Do, do a, do a Spartan race or do a, right. <laughs> right. But, but what I've really seen now is the younger people, they are much more likely to take up triathlon for a couple of years and then stop doing triathlon and do another sport like Spartan races for a couple of mm. years and then stop doing that and only gravel bike for a few years. They, they like whatever they're into, they're really into it and they do it and then they achieve whatever goal they were setting for. And, you know, it's like if they wanted to do an Ironman triathlon sometime, it's a bucket list thing. They do their Ironman and then they move on to a new sport. Whereas the people who started with me, um, we're like, yeah, we've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> How do you keep it interesting year after year, though? Like, I mean, you've been doing it for 30 years. Like, what has stopped you from just going and doing another different sport? I, I'm not very good at other sports. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's I, it. That's the key. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I, I do a few cross-country ski races, but I'm really middle of the pack. And that's very limited in your season. And right. I'm not coordinated. So any of these things where you, you know, might have to actually control something, I'm not going to do, you know, if you have to react, if mountain biking, forget about it. I'm, I, it's like, I call mountain biking, taking my bike for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I identify with that. Yeah. So, so I just keep okay. doing what I do. Just keep doing it. Okay. And so if you've done a race, you said you've done a race pretty much every year. Is that like, which, which ones have been your favorites? Is it like local small races or is it like the bigger ones? What, what's your favorite? Um, you know, I think my favorites are the local small ones. Cause I know all the people there and they're low key <laughs> and there's no pressure and they're, it's not about the money. Um, okay. Like I used to, I liked Hawaii just because of the achievement. You know, you got a mm -hmm. lot of fame. And I love heat. Um, I, uh, like St. Croix was actually one of my favorites. I did it three times, the half Ironman there. And I I love heat and, you know, the venue there. Um, but the small ones are the ones that I come back to every year. The, the Vermont ones, the New Hampshire ones. Uh, okay. So, so they're... They're, they're less expensive and more accessible. And you can just do like a sprint or an Olympic distance. You do it and then you're fine the rest of the day. Whereas <laughs> if you, you go to nationals or something, it's a three or four day ordeal. But I mostly, I, mean, I like to see all those people too. Um, and that's why I yeah, like. You just have so many things. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so and your what are your plans for this year? Are you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously I'm, you're working, you're running back up, but after yeah, that, yeah, I'm um, signed up for the, something I've never done before, which is the National Senior Games. Um, oh. You may not be super aware of National Senior Games. They have every other year they have a nationals with uh, competitors in every 
thing, triathlon, pickleball, tennis, basketball, track and field. Um, and so they have thousands of athletes from all the states. And this year it's in Fort Lauderdale. Um, it, and this year is actually the 2021 National Senior Games. It, right, it's, right. it's there in May. And then uh, they're going to have it again in 2023 to get back on their regular schedule. But um, I've had friends who've done the 5K and 10K and the triathlon. Different people have done the triathlon. And they've all said how much fun it is. And we always see these 80 year olds doing, you know, not actually, I saw a hundred year old doing the hundred yard dash, you know? Oh um, yeah. I think I saw a video of that. Yeah. Okay. And, and mm-hmm. so I'm signed up for both the triathlon and some of the bike races there. Um, just cause you can do, you can do two different sports if you want to, you can't do more than two. Um, but I'm doing the triathlon and a few, bike races what are the like bike races? is it like a road race or is this like time trialing well there's a there's two time trials i think it's a 10k and a 20k so very short time trials and then there's two road races that i think are the Mm. 20k and the 40k and Mm. so um i've actually never done a real road race other than the qualifier for it last year and in order to do it, I had to borrow a bike. I don't even have a road bike. <laughs> and, uh, but I have to figure out a road bike because I'm also signed up for Montreal Worlds, which is sprint and uh, it's draft legal. Yeah. And I've never done a draft legal triathlon before. So those are two different things I'm doing this year that I've never done is the draft legal triathlon and the senior games that will include a bike race that's in a group. Um, It'll be good practice, though. Like, yeah, for yeah. the draft legal, yeah. It's it's just that I uh, I know I do not have fast pro- visual processing or reactions, <laughs> and so I have to be very careful because you know it's it's practice right. will get you so far, but if something happens and you have to react, chances are it won't happen. <laughs> the. Uh... Because Montreal, like the whatever used to be ITU World Triathlon Montreal Championship, so you qualified for that at age group nationals in the sprint, but that was non drafting, and now right. you have to do the draft. Le- okay, right, interesting. That's tricky. That's like a yeah. Yep. I mean, they have the, <laughs> the other qualifiers, the draft legal qualifiers for people, but um, I, I I just did the sprint. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they have the same, I think a similar thing's kind of happening with the mixed relay world championships. Cause they've never really like, how are people qualifying for that? Right. We're figuring it out. Yeah. What did you, so you were declared one of the athletes of the year last week. Um, and you were inducted into the hall of fame back in 2009, Eight, 2012. What did you get in those circumstances? Do you get like a prize? Do you get a plaque? <laughs> the, uh, the hall of fame I got, this beautiful trophy that's an urn that's supposed to like resemble a Greek urn from the Olympics. And every Uh single person I've showed it to says, that'll be perfect for your ashes. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, all right. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Um, And uh, for the, I mean, but that was, you know, just, um, I mean, that's a pretty unusual honor. For the, uh, but I did find out what I got. I just got something for the uh, senior 
uh, for the USAT Athlete of the Year. And the when I got it for Masters, I don't think I got anything uh, um, other than a plaque, maybe. Um, but for this time, I got a, a thing from Wahoo that's a, a, it's a GPS bike odometer. Oh, one of their bike computers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I have to figure out how to use it because I don't do apps on a phone. But <laughs> yeah, you definitely you can't use Wahoo without an app. I yeah. tried; it doesn't work. Yeah, so. doesn't work. And um, and I got free entry into one nationals race, so yeah. that's a couple hundred dollars worth there. You know, yeah. like getting an entry into nationals. So that's cool. I, that was that was a real surprise. That was a super bonus. So are you going to? So are you adding nationals to your list of races now this yeah, year too? Well, I do. I would do nationals anyway. Just I don't. I forget where worlds are the next year, but. Abu Dhabi um, or something like that. Well, Abu Dhabi is this year, it's and November. I'm definitely oh, yeah. I'm not doing that because it was listed. Partly, I don't really want to go right now there, but the um, I am signed up for Utah seventy point three Worlds mm-hmm. in the last October. weekend in October, and up until recently, they'd said Abu Dhabi was the first week in November, but now it's Thanksgiving. And right, right. I have other things I like to do at Thanksgiving. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> family like, no. things and right. the Manchester road race. So I, so I'm definitely not doing Abu Dhabi, but I, I am on for you know two worlds. I'm on for Montreal sprint worlds and the Utah 70.3. And, okay. Uh, and so you got to get more, more national world titles here. And what's your, uh, <laughs> With all of your, you know, your training partners that have been doing this for 30 years too, and you've been doing this for 30, what's the like advice then that you give when you have someone that comes new to the club or comes to your like little races? Um, basic, I, I think mostly it's to try to have fun because you're not going to keep doing it if you're not going to have fun. And, um, and I also a lot of times tell them you don't have to do the long stuff. You know, like right. a lot of people think they have to do an Ironman to be a triathlete. And you don't have to do a marathon to be a runner. Usain Bolt's a runner. <laughs> <laughs> Usain Bolt's a very good runner. <laughs> and and so you don't have to think about, like, putting in all that time and serious training that you can just do it for fun. And if you like it, you'll gradually add more training or more, right. you know, sp- equipment but you don't have to go all in and be super serious and i think those are the people that are more likely to stick with it rather than just achieve a goal and leave that makes sense are you still having fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely although i did tell somebody i said she said something about have fun i can't remember which race i think it was you know, oh, about like Placid Ironman. She's like, so did you have fun? And I'm like, I never have fun racing. She's like, you don't have fun racing? And I'm like, I have fun around the race, but the race itself is not fun for me. But, you know, it, it has been at times, but right. most of the time the race is like effort, but going before and after and stuff, that's fun. And seeing the people. I, know. I think after some race, I was like, thinking about that like which part is the fun part right like right after it's kind of fun but you're kind of like tired so 
Um, yeah, after, I mean, there's, there's achievement fun, but there's the social fun of just knowing all the people and, um, that's, it's, it's a lot of camaraderie. That's the fun part. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still having fun and thank you so much for chatting with us and good luck with the, you know, all the big things you're trying this year. <laughs> well, thank you for, it's been fun to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Donna and congratulations to all of the Athlete of the Year award winners. Keep at it.